Hola! I knew you were gonna start with a weird sentence, that's why I was like holding off so long. No, no, because each each episode from now on will use a different language. What's hola? Spanish. Right, Spanish, okay. <laughs> no, that makes sense. No, I knew that, I knew that. That was a test, Anthony. Hello, hello and welcome to episode 7 of The Pod Gods. It is episode 7, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, right. We're on Spotify, we're, yep. we're kicking back in our... Toilet paper filled fort. Yeah, absolutely. Are, we are good to go. I'm I'm completely wrapped up like a mummy. <laughs> that is what I wear now. That will protect me from any and all viruses, um, dangerous individuals, um, <laughs> uncomfortable social encounters. That is what I really, uh, you know, that's what toilet paper does, and that's why yeah. I need nineteen hundred rolls. Yeah, yeah. Um, of the four ply. Oh yeah, primo four ply. <laughs> It's such a weird thing. So, like, I really... Don't get me wrong. I can understand why people, you know, want to stock up. Mm. But I'm not sure why it's toilet paper specifically that's gone so hard. Mm. Like, I don't know. I feel like in other countries, I'm sure people have stocked up on other things. Like, maybe in Italy, mm. right? They've stocked up heaps of pasta. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or, like... Well, funnily enough, completely unrelated, but apparently there was a place in Italy that, like, their water supply was... Some winery mm. lost all of its wine in the small town's water supply. Wow. So then they literally just had wine. That's out amazing. Of the tap. That's like a that's like a utopian dream. Exactly. Like fountains it's, of wine. Yeah. So that's how you store up. It's probably not good for public stuff. safety. That's probably no. why there's been so many issues with yeah. coronavirus in Italy. It's like <laughs> if it's that easy to taint a water supply. That's true. Um see so we couldn't do anything. Like toilet paper, you're not gonna have a toilet paper water supply you're not gonna have fountains <laughs> of toilet paper um i'm just i'm not sure why i think okay my argument is that toilet paper relates to something very personal you know personal hygiene going to the bathroom it's very personal these yeah. are kind of very personal experiences of the individual mm. so mm. i think it's that fear of like not being clean of like your very personal intimate moments being disrupted why people are going for toilet paper (laughs) because surely like even like 10 baked beans why is it not baked beans that are all flying off the shelves that's a really good point actually because that's like one of the along with kind of tin tuna like Mm. the apocalypse food yeah but apparently it's toilet paper now toilet paper i mean hand sanitizer that made quite quite a substantial level of sense but i also feel like hand sanitizer isn't like stocked up in large amounts anyway but like there's mm, there's like there's true. whole rows of toilet paper or well, a whole row pretty much at, at a, like an Devoted australian yeah, yeah yeah you got you got your toilet paper you got your paper towel you got your tissues at the end of the day yeah, they're yeah. all very similar yeah yeah, so it's like, it's not like there are alternatives. And I think there was also a thing with, like, a newspaper that printed the last, like, 20 pages or something was with just, like, photos of toilet paper without any writing on it. So the implication would be that yeah. you could use that. Like, there are That's alternatives idea, yeah. to toilet paper that can be used quite easily. Well, see, here's the thing. Most of the world doesn't necessarily use toilet paper like we do. So, like, toilet paper is used very heavily no, it's very true. in Australia, North America, Northern Europe, like, so the UK, Germany, mm. um, Denmark, Sweden, places like that. But most of the world uses, like, a bidet, or, mm. like, if you're in Iran or Afghanistan or the Middle East, you have, like, a little plastic pot. 
or right. or whatever um to you know clean yourself and mm. part of me sometimes thinks that that's weird the idea of like it's uncomfortable the idea of all this sort of water around mm. but then i think if i got shit on my hands i'm not going to just wipe it yes. i'm actually going yes, to wash yes, it yes. Exactly. Uh, at the very least with water um and this is like a very old so like for example when the british arrived in india mm. all the indians were so shocked that they were getting people uh, conquered by people who hadn't learned how to properly wipe their bottoms <laughs> Um, <laughs> but maybe that's maybe something Australia needs to embrace the bidet. Exactly. We could get some of those really advanced Japanese toilets that like massage and warm your bum. That talk to you. That talk yeah, to you. Yeah. That play some music. <laughs> that have like some like multicolored streams of water. <laughs> like every house has that, and then oh, we're set. Yeah, like coronavirus be... ain't going anywhere. That's a really good point, actually. And you're you're absolutely right. If it was any other part of our body mm. other than the butthole, mm-hmm. if we're relying on you know white sheets of paper to determine a level of cleanliness, that's mm. absolutely ludicrous. Plus, what's the environmental impact of toilet paper? Like, how many trees are cut down mm. for toilet paper? I know it sort of dissolves in yeah, water. Yeah, that's very true. So, like, like, you know, it's it's good biodegradable material, but mm. it's also made from trees. Well, what's that? What's that company? What is Isn't there a company that like does biodegradable toilet paper that you get delivered and they build toilets? I can't remember it. Oh, that is a very interesting. Nobody question. gives a shit or something like that. Nobody gives a crap. Nobody yeah, no gives one gives a crap. A, I'm being told by the studio it's yeah, no yeah, one gives a crap. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, it's nobody gives a crap. It's who gives, who gives, gives a, a crap? crap? Well, why oh, does nobody? God. Oh, who gives a crap? Who gives a crap? So it's, it's more of a question. Though. It's good though. That's our studio audience. <laughs> yeah, we, we have indeed turned into... Filmed live. ABC's Quanda. Yeah, this is... Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know what? I feel, like, I feel like we have better better kind of political ideas than what sometimes is put on that website. Oh, I hope so. On that, uh, I website. hope so. On that television program. Mm. Um, it is probably on ABC iView, so you're technically right. That is true. Though is that more of a... Do you get... Like, what do you classify as... A, like, is Netflix a website? Ooh. No, see, I don't know. I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. You see it. You see it. I would say yes. <laughs> oh, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> because once, you know, when I log on to my PC mm-hmm. and I go down to... Your personal computer. Indeed. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all these acronyms. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's very confusing. Um, and then use my mouse, short for mouse... To click on my little Google Chrome icon in the in the taskbar, and then open that up, and then the little little space at the top, I type in netflix.com, and mm. then I end up at a website. Right, interesting. Nice. Yeah, I'm so glad, I would, I'm glad you I figured would that class... out how to do that. Uh... And thusly, I would class Netflix as a website See, rather me... than yeah. whatever... You alternatively refer to it as... See, mine is just you just press a button on my remote and it just comes up on my television as like a built-in application, even. Mm, see, I... That, and that's not a website. The alternative argument to that would be, Jordan, for example, myself and um, my dear partner uh, have a smart TV 
Oh, and right. we have a remote that has a Netflix button, as you so conveniently referred to. But it also contains a YouTube button, Jordan. Now, I would be, oh, I would oh. be, would be surprised if if you would consider the idea of arguing that YouTube is not a website. That so fuck naturally you got me. Naturally, I've just been where. I've been lawyered. What the fuck? Okay, that's actually wow. So that would that would be my this is what my rebuttal. Five years of university of six Six years of university have come in handy for. So yeah, I mean that would that would be the extent of my counter argument. Right. Well, but look, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the fact that that Netflix is perhaps, you know, we can twenty twenty five and say it's it's beyond a website. You know what I mean? What are your What are your general thoughts on Netflix? Is it good? Is it because obviously you know it's not mm. the the market dominator it once was. It's got multiple rivals in Australia. Um, yeah, Disney Plus shout out. Yeah, big Di- fan. Shout out to Disney Plus. Still waiting on that sponsorship. <laughs> Disney hit us up. It's, it's lost in the mail. It's fine. Australia um, Post isn't doing great. You got Amazon. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Do indeed. Um, that has some good stuff on there. For example, really good show called The Expanses on Amazon Prime. Really right. Really worth checking out. Really good. No strong recommendation. Some good science fiction, and then you have um, Stan, mm, which is it feels like an Australian version of Netflix. I think but... that's what it is. I think it's an Australian company. Okay. I think it's like I think it was a partnership between Channel Nine and and uh, another com- company. I've got a dog. I've <laughs> got a dog. Got Hang a dog. on. <laughs> sorted that out. Yeah, sorted it. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so Stan is a... I didn't realise that it was a um, Australian base. I guess I just assumed that it was American in some capacity. Because yeah. that's the kind of thing that I don't America know if I like, would do. But. I don't know if I like Stan. It, it doesn't have, like, amazing stuff on there. Like, I can't really think of anything that's blown me away on... St- Actually, you know what? Mm. Stan has a good show called Justified. I like that show a lot. Okay. It's like... Um, mm. But I don't know if that, that... See, that's not... There's no Stan original that's worth... Yeah, like there's yeah, lots of yeah. good Netflix originals, and even like some in Australia, like ABC and SBS, also mm. compete in that same market. You know, government-funded channels who have yeah, phenomenal that's a, that's Australian. A point. That's a very good point. Because um, because you're yeah. right, it's like Stan go through periods of time where they have cool <laughs> stuff on it, and you're like, wow, I remember watching that movie previously. I'd like to watch it again, yeah. and I could only find it on Stan. Whereas things like Netflix and Amazon seem to be investing a lot into original series which are also good mm. well see what would you rather do would you rather watch a movie or would you rather watch say two episodes of a TV show this is, this is a question that I'm constantly faced with on a daily basis on, on very much a daily basis uh, there's definitely there's moments where you want both I think as a general broad sense of answering that question I would say that probably a TV series would be the preference with respect to just like duration of, um, of material and interest just because like a TV series is generally longer than a movie. And if Mm. I'm invested in it from the start, then I would want that, that joy to extend for a longer period of time. So what do you, what's, what's your touch your leg? Very weirdly. That's Um, all right. (laughs) Episode seven, mate. Like we've crossed all boundaries. (laughs) Um, what what would be your preference? Would you prefer a See, movie? Or I I love a, a good, I love a good film, Anthony. Mm. I love a good, I love a good movie. I mm. like to see people on the screen doing stuff, but <laughs> I like a TV show because I feel like I can 
I can pause a TV show and come back to it. I can look at my phone, which I know is, is a very millennial thing to say. Um, I kind of enjoy fucking being unbelievable. <laughs> but like, Simone, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, uh, life's got to new audience. <laughs> um, no, I despise it. Unbelievable. Just I, watch the movie. Why? I mean, don't Because like then me. I have to answer all the questions about what's but what's going on in the I movie. I feel like movies have been good for a long time, mm. for decades. They well, have. They've done well. well. Well, television really has only been good in the last 10, 15 years, really. I wouldn't say that there's anything on that was like a television program that was anywhere near as good as like some of the, the Oscar-worthy prestige movies oh, in the 1980s, okay. 1990s. Yeah, I, I see the argument. Obviously, there's stuff like MASH, for example. Mm-hmm. That's a classic, excellent TV show. Mm-hmm. But I struggle to think of another television show that would come as close to like the peaks of entertainment and, and cinema and, and right. art as, as stuff that is now. So, for example, like I'm recent, I'm currently going through a television show, The Sopranos. And I've never seen it before, and obviously it's one of those ones mm. that's up there. And it's so fucking good. It's so good. And it's very kind of early 2000s-esque. You know, it's very based on that movie, Analyze This or Analyze mm. That. Um, but wow, it's really good. James Gandolfini, excellent actor. The The... Very hardcore Italianness. I very much enjoy. It's a very what good show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I enjoy I enjoy the show, but it's also just very good. And so, there's no like mob mafia crime TV show before The Sopranos. I would really argue that comes close to like the classic, The Godfather, yeah, Goodfellas, right, right, right. Um, I follow you. stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, that's partly surely got to be with the level of investment that is kind mm. of possible for this level. This is true. Of TV show kind of thing. Yeah. Like the beforehand, obviously we've mentioned ABC and SBS, but like equivalents in the US and other countries, it feels like that government-run television, like company or organization, just wouldn't yeah. have that level of funding that private organisations now have been able to come through and commit to. Yeah. So that's a big that's a big positive for capitalism right there. I don't know about that. TV <laughs> Because I was just about to say, I can tell you some, there's some excellent Australian ABC... Oh, for sure. SBS. Um, yeah. For sure. Rake continues to be you love one Rake. of my favourite Have TV you ever shows seen um, ever. Mystery Road, the, uh, the movie or the te- television show? No. Very good. Worth checking Mystery out. Mystery Road, okay. Uh, or um, the Jack Irish, like these movies, like these detective movies. Oh, I've seen movies. so many ads for Jack so Irish. So good. They're yeah. really worth Guy Guy Pierce. Guy, yeah. Guy Pierce. It's a Guy Ritchie. No, it's Guy Pierce. Well, it's, I don't know. It's Guy Pierce. It's Guy Because I always confuse them and I think, wow, that Australian guy has directed a lot of films, but I think it's a different... That Australian guy, are you naming him as a guy or are you naming his name? See, Guy is a weird name. It's a good name. <laughs> I, like, I like the name Guy a lot, <laughs> but... It's just confusing. But then when you say, hey, guys, it's... Hey, guy. <laughs> he doesn't want to bring out the F. Yeah, well, as soon as you try to add ownership to his name, it just... I have been very much trying to stop like coming into a, a conversation and be like, hey, guys. Mm. Because I read this article a few months back being like how it makes women and, and people who don't really mm. fit into the gender binary kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Not all women, obviously. But um, it's kind of a gendered term that... It's been normalised. It has been normalised. And I've n- I never thought of it before because mm. it's like, you know, it's like, hey guys, like, mm. it's just what you say. But like, what are good alternatives, do you think, to say? So like, I'm just going to be like, I'm not saying hey guys anymore. What are some good mm. alternatives? Well, 
some gender one neutrals. of my one of my favorites is um sup oh oh which really just cuts out all reference to it's laid back makes you seem like a cool guy exactly everyone loves a cool guy exactly but it also has the powerful concluding p sup mm. which yeah. kind of you know yeah exudes the sense of authority i think right I don't feel like I am cool enough to pull <laughs> off a sup, though. I feel like I am very much a hey something kind of dude. Hey something. Um, well, it depends how, like, old-timey you got. Because literally the first thing that came to mind when you said that was, like, hey folks. That's, yeah. that's like, you know, from the hey, 1990s. Hey that's way too... It's also kind of American. It is quite American. I say hey gang. Hey gang. Hey gang. Yeah, I've heard hey gang. Or, hey, back in, you know, maybe... If it was 2018, you'd say, mm. like, hey, squad, hey, fam. Fam's a classic. Fam is a classic. That peaked and then died. I feel like squad died harder than fam. Because I, I, fam can also be used I, as... I wasn't aware that squad arose to any sense of you know <laughs> normalisation. <one>? <laughs> you know one that has died hard? Do you remember Bay? I do remember Bay. What the fuck happened to Bay? Bay just disappeared. Yeah, I think, well... Like, I'm recording podcasts Bay. with Bay. Yeah, because we had Salt Bay, and then... Ironically, (laughs) Bay is also the term of, like, Turkish warlords back in, like, the 1500s, 1600s. So, like... Who was that? You can't... You can't... You're allowed to talk. Bay means before anyone else. Really? Yes. Interesting. Oh, really? Do you still use Bay, Simona? Not, like... Seriously. Well, like, you guys... Ironically. You would go by Babe, wouldn't you? I use Babe a lot. Babe. Yeah. I call you Darling. That's, that's so fucking cute. Yeah, after the harbour, obviously. All my love. <laughs> <laughs> All my love. Darling, ah, oh, darling harbour. <laughs> darling harbour is bay. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a bay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, weird it's... That I'm chiming in at random points. No, I love it. We want that. Mm. <laughs> like I said, you're like our like our live audience or like our zinger guy. Does that mean I have mm. to like force applause? No, that would be weird. No, no, just that. hold up the sign. You'll up, it'll make it more difficult for me to edit volume wise. <laughs> um, you know who is Bay, to me at least, mm. a Monsieur Bernard Sanders, <laughs> um, who recently there's been oh. a lot of stuff going on in the United States politically. The old uh, Super Tuesday, indeed, one of the one um, of the one of the great Tuesdays. It's a powerful Tuesday. It's a super. Mm. It's a very American thing to make a very like important political institution and then call it something like Super Tuesday. It sounds like a Super Bowl game. Yes. Or like a sports thing. Very true. Very um, true. Well, everything's about sports there. Well, now, Anthony... You... Like electing. This is true. It's, it's all a game. It's sport. It's all about money. Now, Anthony, you have a lot of experience uh, with more the than United myself. <laughs> with the United States and the United States government in that. I do. I do yeah. indeed. I am familiar... With um, its existence, and um, shocking, just as a general like second-hand human being, being around other people who are very into it and about mm. it, I just like has have Osmosis Jonesed some of that information. This is true. You also uh, <laughs> shout out to Osmosis Jones. <laughs> shout out classic <laughs> television. Wait, no, what is it? It's, it's a, a movie. movie. Um, Obviously, it's not a television. What so. was that? Did you ever see? Um, is it Titan AE? Have you ever seen that movie? It's almost familiar. It's like a like an animated like in the same time like this animated mm. movie about like humans in space. I can't really remember it. A good friend of mine used to love it. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. It's like it's almost the familiar title. Mm. 
if that makes sense, but I don't think I've ever... If anyone, let us know if you remember Titan AE, folks, or Osmosis Jones. Yeah, yeah, you can message us on Instagram and Twitter. No, we'll plug that at the end. Yeah, good idea, good idea. Um, So yeah, the US election. Yeah. I've I've read an article about the results of Super Tuesday. Right. And I feel like from that factual basis, Mm. I've, you know, it's gone through the cogs of my brain and then I'm ready to like spurt some... Some really nuanced interpretation. Anthony, Anthony's talking himself down. Anthony has lived in the United States and worked with or interned for the US Congress. Uh, so yeah. I feel like maybe <laughs> you say I've read an article as maybe downplaying your, your knowledge. Oh, thank you. That's, that's very generous of you to say, Jordan. Um, Much appreciated. So for those maybe who are unaware of what Super Tuesday, and mm. Super Tuesday is, mm. Anthony, do you want to give us a little bit of a little spicy little rundown? Sure. I, I will do the best that I can. So, basically, like we've we've previously intimated, I'm trying to just throw in as many like complicated words as I, I like know. It, it makes sound it sound educated and fancy. Um, the United States love sports. <laughs> and also, the United States seem to love democracy. They do love it. Asterix electing. Yes. You know, obviously, it's not it's not true democracy. It's not... Peak Greek democracy. They have Peak their Greek democracy. Their electoral crap, but oh. because they have that electoral crap, they have this date called Super Tuesday, where a lot of the uh, the voting happens simultaneously mm. or simultaneously, if you so prefer, across a number of different states, where basically everyone from the Democratic Party. Or who likes the Democratic Party? Or is it everyone? I think it might be everyone. Well, it's like, isn't it members of the party? So, like, obviously, like, the Republicans had one, but there's only... I don't know if Donald Trump is running against anyone. I'm not not aware of anyone else in the Republican Party coming up to snatch... Oh, no one's one's that far ahead. There was a guy called Walsh, I think. Yeah. But I think he dropped out. I'm not sure. I feel like it's like a Bob Walsh or something. Joe Walsh? Joe Walsh? But Donald Trump won like 97% to 3% or something yeah. something ludicrous. So there's no one challenging him. But on the Democratic side, they're trying to um, propose a candidate who will then subsequently run against Donald Trump in the, yeah. Ameri- the actual American election. Um, so Super Tuesday, a large number of states uh, go to the polls. People vote in that. And then based on the percentages of votes the candidates get, they get a certain number of delegates and then you need however many thousand delegates or whatever to get the nomination. Yeah, it's an insane system. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely ludicrous. Um, and in the, the, pre, the pre-game before the start of all the primaries, obviously they come up, they have their like debates and, and things like that and then that's their... The way for some of the candidates to either make a name for themselves or uh, do the exact opposite, and right. having previously had a name, then be be shunned. Um, and the result of those original debates, from what I saw, yeah, was that um, old mate Captain Electability Joe Biden, Joe Biden, <laughs> made some was was stuck in the past and was living off the uh, the Obama hype. Yes, and was let's say critiqued in the as a result of those of those debates. Right. 
So he didn't he didn't do particularly well. We struggled with some of his answers. It just wasn't. It felt like he was living still living in two thousand and eight and trying to use that as a way to get elected now, yeah. which clearly we've seen doesn't really mean doesn't really mean much. Like what happened in two thousand eight? We're now in twenty twenty. Like that's two thousand and late. It, <laughs> and so was that. So was that phrase. <laughs> um, and then the other side, you saw, I guess, like a re rise almost of. Uh, our old mate, literally, uh, Bernie Sanders. Well, they're all old, aren't they? All over seven. Oh yeah, they're all fucking old. Um, who obviously made that challenge towards Hillary Clinton, but the Democratic yep. Party, you know, stuck with their sat- status quo. And we're like, yeah, Hillary's going to be a good candidate, but she lost the election despite getting more of the actual votes of the number of people in America. But that's this another tangent. Uh, so Bernie's come back again. The implication was obviously that this new progressive movement would come up. You know, even more people will be will be up for it. All the young voters they're coming in. They're big fans of Bernie. Let's go. Let's get excited about him. And at least from similar um, results from from the debates as well, it feels like he was quite. He's maintained his views for fucking decades. Yeah. Um. So he hasn't changed at all and came out of the debate in that way as well. Mm-hmm. And then you had some other kind of semi-relevant candidates. So obviously like people like Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, um, Pete, Pete uh, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. I've heard it jig, which is really I've weird. heard it like nine different ways. And I don't think any of them are right, probably. Uh, it's probably just Pete Butt. Let's call him that. Pete Butt. And I actually felt like he came a bit out of nowhere mm. because like he, he from what i saw it at the very least never really was a name that came up during the debates right like i never in any kind of twitter uh, information about it or any news articles that came out about it his name it never felt like his name was in the conversation at all right and this is this is a very important little um fuck is it occam's razor the one where they like shove a hint in much early in the movie that's really relevant later on. I'm not sure. Let's say yes. Whatever it is, this is this is a great reference to that. The okay. fact that, that okay. Pete wasn't part of the, the debate right. earlier on. So, you know, just like take that bit of knowledge and, and right. store it for the next I've taken it for ten minutes. Excellent. So all these like third third level let's call them third level candidates. Because everyone's right. chatting about Joe, Bernie came back. And then you had all these other candidates. Right. And all of them. So after the debates, everyone felt like Joe's got no chance. Yeah. He peaked peaked early and then he crashed and burned. Yeah. Uh, So people are coming through. Obviously, Bernie then became the front runner. Elizabeth Warren, maybe a chance. Mm -hmm. Probably like the alternative to Joe Biden, who's not as progressive as Bernie, but still progressive enough that might have some level of competition against against Donald Trump. And then obviously Michael Bloomberg came in and was like, here have Bought seven hundred million dollars. <laughs> let's see let's see if we can have a candidacy. He crashed and burned as well. So that's that's the political con the democratic context that right. we're in in preparation for the um, Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday and just the Democratic primaries in general. Yeah. So we start out with a few Democratic primaries Bernie is doing pretty well. Yeah. Or Super Tuesday. Doing Thinking. quite well. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, though, Joe Biden quite close behind. Well, also Pete... Pete Butt. Also Pete Did Butt. Did very well, surprisingly. Was doing quite well as well at the start. 
everyone else had fallen back. Mm. Elizabeth Warren wasn't getting much. Which was surprising for a lot of people. Exactly. Amy, bits and pieces. I've never really paid attention to her. Exactly. And then everyone else kind of fell away. Um, shout out, by the way, to to our main man, Mike Bloomberg, right. who won, I think, like, American Samoa. Oh, like, really? Won, I think he won American Samoa, which, like, isn't actually a state, but they get however How many votes. How did he win that? Why? Fuck, I don't know. That's incredible. No, it's where he's, he's, he's offshored all his, all his money. What did he actually get rich doing? I don't know. Well, he runs all the, like... I'm assuming he's the name behind all the, like, Bloomberg News Yeah, like, stuff, he owns so those companies. It pro- he's got to be investing in something. It must be real. He's he's a New Yorker, isn't he? Yeah. So it's, like, maybe yeah, real estate. Like, maybe he's like Trump. Because mm. he was a mayor be. of New York for a while, wasn't he? Was. He? he was indeed. But who knows? People mm. make money in however the fuck they make money. But yeah, there's some weird ways to make bloody money. Bloody capitalism. Um, so anyway, that was the, pre, the pre-Super the Tuesday. Bernie was doing quite well. Uh, Pete Butt was doing unexpectedly well. Right. Joe Biden was thereabouts, but I don't think he was quite... No, Biden had fallen off a lot yeah. before Super Tuesday. Mm. I think a lot of people... Oh, but there were like, that. there was some... There was enough hope there. Like, there was there was a hint. The oh. smell in the air was that the Joe Biden was doing better than expected. That's probably On the Super, best way. During Super Tuesday? No, no, before Super Tuesday. Oh, interesting. I felt the opposite. I thought... Biden had always been the kind of front runner, you know, XVP, mm. Obama's mm. little little chum. Yeah, yeah, but this this was I I think that this happened before the start of the debates. I think oh, once okay, right. the the no, starting I, okay, that makes sense. the starting context of everything was that Joe Biden was the front runner, mm-hmm. and then had the debates, he fell off a lot, and right. then we got into pre Super Tuesday where he was there like more thereabouts than the debates kind of suggested. Right. And then we get to Super Tuesday. It's Super Tuesday. It's a big day. It's a Tuesday. It's pretty super. It's after Monday. Feeling good. Just about the day. <laughs> and then, you know, the votes start coming through. Bernie holds his own state and picks up a couple others. California, for example. He does pick up California. A lot of delegates on on sale there. On sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once we get to the end of the day, Joe Biden is just picking up states left, right, and center. I think. Right. I think the last last counting was that he won Texas as well. I think he did win Texas, but I think he only won it by like half a percentage. Close, close, yeah. um, so he, so Bernie still got lots of delegates mm. out of Texas. Um, the big one was, I think, Massachusetts, which was mm. so another. So Elizabeth Warren, yep. that's her state. Um, and third. She came third in her own state, um, and Bernie came second, and Joe Biden actually took Massachusetts, mm. he took Virginia, he took, was it South Carolina? War, one of the Carolinas. There's, a, there's a multiple Carolinas. Uh, he took, and he did very well in the South, mm. um, and he seemed to do quite well with African-American voters, um, and I'm not really sure why. I'm, I'm, I've been told it's because it's his relation to Obama, but I'm not sure if that necessarily holds up. Yeah, I feel that that seems to be the prevailing, um, like political assessment, political analyst assessment mm. of that is that because of that, I guess association with Barack, 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 um, that Barack that's Hussein like, Obama. Yeah, that's built up that kind of strong historic relationship that's now shown, shown in the polls. But yeah, so the outcome of Super Tuesday, Joe Biden, front initial front runner, crashed and burned during <laughs> debates. 
he's now legitimate front runner. And I think the the odds on the betting odds on are Joe Biden at the top, and then no candidate in second. So that'll basically mm. mean that Con- contested convention. Exactly contested convention. So one person doesn't have enough delegates to get the mm. approval. What's the delegate rate? Like 3,000? Th- how many delegates oh, do you need? 1,000? I, I can't even remember what the number is. It might be a 1,000. That's quite a nice, it's a nice, a round, nice number. round number. But then the United States use like miles and stuff. So I don't know how right. how associated that is. But it's some, it's some relevant number. And then you accumulate delegates across the time. But yeah, so Joe, no candidate. Bernie. Mm. And then Elizabeth, I think. Is now putting her support behind Bernie or is making that decision no. or hasn't well, left yet? This is something that I know a little bit more about. So mm. I so obviously Bernie has had a very strong grassroots movement for the past five, six years. Mm. Um, and then when it's interesting when we compare Joe Biden, who has done almost no real groundwork. There's not anywhere near this sort of grassroots kind mm. of movement that Bernie has. And Joe's still, you know, coming out mm-hmm. and, and winning. But Bernie's, you know, holding his own. He has lots of um, lower class support. He doesn't accept money from super PACs or billionaires. The average donation to the Bernie Sanders movement is like twenty three bucks. For uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly what it is. Um, but it's like an out of pocket expense mm. from the quote unquote general population. Right. Yeah. But so Bernie has been running technically as an independent in this mm. race, um, and he's very anti establishment. Um, something that you know has, as we know from the election of Donald Trump, mm. actually worked. Mm-hmm. Um, while everyone else sits very firmly in the establishment, Joe Biden, hardcore mm-hmm. establishment, Peter, but. Pete, Buttigieg, Pete Butt, hardcore establishment, and Elizabeth Warren was sort of the DNC's um, player as the kind of the left wing establishment candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I actually quite like Elizabeth Warren. I think she has some really interesting policy. I think they're watered down version of Bernie's. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she, she has some really fine policies. I think her campaign was run poorly. It was not run along the idea of... I think it was targeted towards more wealthy, college-educated white people. And so Elizabeth Warren never had really any serious working-class support and any serious non-white support. While Bernie has, um, especially in some places like Nevada, Bernie did really well with Latino voters, um, which is something that I think surprised a lot of people, which shows that he has the capability to reach out to different interest groups across the United States electorate. Um but so Elizabeth Warren, well, Peter, Pete Buttigieg and Amy both dropped out and the, that night endorsed Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Biden got a massive jump in the polls um, during the Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were rumours going around that this was a deliberate move by the, the Democratic Party mm. who wants Biden to, to run mm-hmm. against Trump. Um, they definitely don't want Bernie to run. Um, to support Biden, and then they told Elizabeth Warren not to drop out for a while, so that it takes voters away from Bernie, because right, 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 Warren yeah. voters are more progressive. Yeah. Now, whether this is just people being mean to a, a woman who's put in a really good effort, or whether it has some merit, I don't know. I think the regards the result is the same as that. That did happen mm. in that Bernie did lose some delegates to Warren, and that. Biden got a lot of support yeah, yeah. from Pete and Amy supporters. Mm. Um, but the interesting thing is now, Elizabeth Warren still has, has dropped out of the race, um, but she hasn't come and supported Bernie or Biden. 
She hasn't actually given her support to anyone, which is um, a pretty interesting move. Most people mm. thought she would come out and support Bernie, or they were really hoping to. Mm. Um, but that hasn't happened. So, for example, as a recording, I think last night she was on uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, which, you know, That's right. Yeah, yeah I saw the which, you know, like that, yeah. power, like she's a grown woman. She can power do what she man. wants. But it is interesting to see where her priorities lie. Mm. Um, and I don't think she, you know, I don't think, A, I think Bernie could do it with, with or without her. And I think, you know, she doesn't owe these people anything. You know, mm. she ran for president who mm. she can, she can go for it. But it is interesting to see where that goes. So we have the final two. Well, technically we actually still have one woman left in the, in the race. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So Tulsi Gabbard with one delegate, um, a ex Marine us Congresswoman, um, very foreign policy focused. Um, yeah. Well known for like being a uh, Assad supporter, but then at the same time also being quite close with the um, Modi government in India mm. with the uh, the Hindu groups there. Uh, I don't see Tulsi Gabbard winning it. Can you imagine? I would. This, honestly, I <laughs> the would. The level of Stephen Bradbury-ness that would arise from that is I would, unbelievable. I would like to see her get a shot at the debates because mm. I actually do think that she is an interesting debater and why fucking I would not support her. I think um, I think it would be good to have another person in there. But so from mm. what it seems now, it's... Oh, and obviously Michael Bloomberg came in for a while, shot up a bit in the polls, got slaughtered, especially by a direct yeah. attacks from Elizabeth Warren. And then has dropped out and now and supported Biden. Joe Biden, yeah. So um, we have our, our two our two players. Mm. You know, you got very centrist establishment Joe mm-hmm. Biden, mm-hmm. Um, effectively a slightly more right wing version of Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. who very famously lost the last election. So mm-hmm. the the Democratic uh, the Democratic Party is thinking, let's have another go on the. Yeah. The kind of the establishment centrist. Yeah, with um, an old white man instead of yeah. an old white woman. Um, and then you have Bernie, who has a much tougher time to go. He's fighting against a lot of different interests, mm. but he has a really big grassroots campaign, which mm. has been built up over half a decade. Mm-hmm. And no one else has that kind of political infrastructure, not even Trump, who's been in power for four mm. years. Um, personally, I think Biden, if Biden wins... The Democratic nomination, I think he will get absolutely slaughtered by Trump. Um, I think Joe Biden is a pretty terrible uh, debater now. He's obviously, you know, like as his nature takes its course, he's quite old. Um, he can he struggles to form good sentences, and I think he would get slammed by Trump on a couple of policies, um, especially trade. Joe Biden is a big free trade guy, big supporter of the North American Free Trade Agreement something that will get him killed in the Rust Belt. So Pennsylvania, which wants jobs, manufacturing jobs to come back in the Midwest, mm. Wisconsin, areas like that, will get him done by Trump, who will come out quite firm on protectionist policies. Mm. Um, while Bernie doesn't really support these free trade policies as well. He supports you know, stronger unions and a little bit more of a protectionist policy as well. Not in the same way as Trump, mm. but nowhere near like Biden. So I could see, my argument has been for a while that I don't know if Bernie can win, but I know that he's the only one with the shot. I think Trump would beat literally every, any other candidate. He, I think he will beat Biden. Um, I think if Elizabeth Warren had gotten it, Elizabeth Warren uh, very famously claimed for 20 years that she was a Native American. Um, she used that position to get a position at Harvard. 
uh, and it's come out that she isn't. I think she would be slammed by Trump. Um, and you can kind of tell by like looking at Trump's tweets how he kind of makes fun of all the Democratic candidates. You know, sleepy Joe Biden, yeah, you know, Native yeah, yeah. American Elizabeth Warren. Was it Mini Mike or Mini Mike? God, yeah, yeah. he killed Mini Mike. Um, but with with Bernie, he's only like, oh, crazy Bernie, and that, mm. that's that's pretty weak. Like, mm. I think Bernie's <laughs> the only one because what is it? Trump's going to be like Bernie's a socialist, and Trump, and um, and then Bernie's just going to be, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Now I don't want to talk about student debt. And I think all so many of the stuff will wash off his back. And I think Bernie is the only real shot. And I think if it's anyone else, I think we'll see four more years of Trump. And even if Bernie does get elected as a Democratic nominee, I think it's still 50-50 as to more, more years of Trump. Um, I think the American voting like class is, is very... I'm going to say reactionary. Not necessarily in a bad way, but... America is a very right-wing country, and mm-hmm. I think it's a religious country, and that's something that Trump taps into more so than any other candidate and the Democrats. I think that Donald Trump... That's a very good point, yeah. Donald Trump won by kind of portraying his opponent as anti-lots of things. And while I have no love for Hillary Clinton, so much stuff that came up against Hillary by Trump, you know, the emails, the just the, all of this stuff... Benghazi, whatever. Um, yeah, I just I think Bernie's the only shot that the Democrats have at winning. But I think, and I'm going to talk like a Marxist for a second, so bear with me. I think that the the leaders of the Democrats, so people like Nancy Pelosi, multi-millionaire, their class interests are not with Bernie; they're with mm. Trump. So the leaders of the Democratic primary, or the Democratic primary, the Democratic Party their class interests are more aligned with having a Trump president than a Bernie one. So we'll see how it goes. Um, It's definitely going to be a really interesting race. I'm really looking forward to the debates. I think Bernie's Bernie's campaign has never really focused on Biden. Um, I think it's now going to go really hard on Biden, and I think Biden is going to see some pretty hard attacks from the Bernie kind of campaign movement. Especially about like his his mental capacity, his history of supporting segregation, his North American Free Trade Agreement stuff. Um, Biden very very famously supported George Bush's invasion of Afghanistan quite proudly. Um, something that even like Donald Trump now says Iraq terrible idea. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. What about you? What do you think? Well, this is this is very interesting. Just okay. in general. Um, so, I'm going to address a couple of things that you brought up there. Oh, and okay. then what I'm going to do, Jordan, is I'm going to ask that you you re-remember that point that I asked you to park at an earlier, yeah. an earlier piece of yeah. time about the establishment. Because totally you brought that. up you brought up some very interesting points about the establishment that I okay. that I think tell me deserve some some um, some broader conversation. So I think that. As a general rule, you're you're probably right. I tend to agree that on a candidacy basis, Joe Biden is basically Hillary Clinton, but an old white man. Right. So I think that um, the the level of as a as a kind of conceptual level of support, if you're considering the competition between two candidates, namely Trump and Biden, then there's nothing really there to suggest that there is, will be a substantial enough switch towards yeah. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Right. And and naturally, by 
you know, extension of argument there, then Bernie becomes a more appealing candidate in that respect. Right. And also there's consideration to the fact that this is from way back in 2016 or whatever. I'm this not sure true. if Trump's policies necessarily changed substantially since then. But the idea was that, like, Trump is associated with the Republican Party, but as a general rule, his policies aren't yeah. Republican-focused. This is true. So if that kind of comes out more and the uh, American voters kind of see that more, then Bernie becomes a more appealing candidate, given that he doesn't have a let's say, a sexually ambivalent history and, right, and all right, those right. kind of forgot to mention social <laughs> social things that, that Donald Trump a uh, Donald Trump um, uh, campaign would have attached to it. On the other side though, like the level of support that Joe Biden is having within the establishment is like insane. The fact that I haven't learnt from the previous election is absolutely ludicrous to me. But as as a secondary point, like he's still getting the votes yeah. within the the um, the states from the Democratic electorate. Yeah. So that's like the secondary point there, and the reason why I asked you to park that Pete Bart comment before, right, was because he was also quite a establishment candidate. Hardcore, yeah. So he was very. Very establishment based. Joe Biden very establishment based. Bernie not establishment. Elizabeth Warren half and half. Yeah. And as we saw, half and half just doesn't really work. And then obviously the other kind of obscure candidates who just like didn't have enough of a yeah. enough of reach or whatever. But the fact that these establishment candidates are getting so many of the votes either shows that actually this progressive movement that's argued as coming up and rising mm. and increasing is actually just bullshit and is not yeah. actually occurring. We've seen it now in... I, I would go as far as saying three countries, mm. Australia, the UK, and the United States, this kind of, true. again, where the argument has been that there is a progressive movement here, we want progressive policies, we want progressive government, yeah. and in all three occasions, assuming that Joe Biden does eventually get the eventual um, Democratic approval and definitely has the party approval and de- definitely has the de- yeah. the delegate numbers so far. Right. Um, that we're still pushing for either centrist conservative or just mm. general conservative government despite this, which is, is what it is. It's quite surprising, but seems to be the case. Yeah. And then, secondly, it seems that like the, the, the number of candidates who have just gone and then put their support behind yeah. the, the the party candidate in the end is, is showing that arguably even the politicians themselves still want to maintain right. status quo um, party whatever their party philosophies or right. or whatever is still is still in that conservative mindset. So it's like in the first place the party itself doesn't have a desire or want or interest in moving towards more progressive policy. Right. And then secondly, that's seemingly also translated to the voters themselves who are mm. not putting their support or campaigning or interest behind more progressive candidates. Right. And that seems that's a very a very interesting and strange thing that seems to have come out of the results of this US primary is that 
Look, you have a you've definitely got a voice. There's a voice out there. Yeah. Symbolically that's that's Bernie for the purposes of the United States, who is, you know, progressive and very left wing compared to what exists in the United States well, currently. Yes. Obviously Bernie in yeah, Australia yeah. or Europe is yeah. just sort of a exactly. Labour left. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we've had we've had this clarification before on multiple occasions. Um and is is that voice that exists and people are behind him and grassroots behind yeah. him and he has support. But ultimately, it still feels like there is the majority, mm. which is how democracy is run. It's run on, right. on majorities. It's how people get elected, unless you're Hillary Clinton. Um, right. And then um, the, the majority is still supporting this same status yeah. quo leader centrists. This is true. Not really trying to change things substantially. And obviously we the nomination hasn't happened yet or anything. Oh like yeah. That. But of, yeah. Assuming I, I that the current numbers continue and, right. and that translates. And that's such a, a it's a challenging conclusion and analysis to draw from that. Mm. Because does that mean that the people who are actually supporting all these progressive groups and policies just don't have the numbers yet? Right. Because that's an argument that's been had for the past However, many this elections, it, it will always be the next they've election all, where, the, this is true. where the progressives will come in. Or is that simply a fact that this progressive movement is actually in quite a substantial minority, mm. where in actual fact, the wider public and a lot of the public actually don't want progressive policies to be put in place? And it's something that people say that they want, but don't actually want to commit to that in yeah. the sense of voting and the sense of government options well i think the issue that's awesome very good points by the way um (laughs) i think that what you said is true i think it could even be that there is a strong progressive movement right but like say 45 percent of the party or like the electorate Mm. or whatever democrats supporting bernie is still technically the minority right but it's still a ginormous part of the minority Mm. so even if it is this movement is in the minority which actually, from the looks of things, it might be. Mm. I still think... It's, it's a large minority. It's a significant part. And if that significant part of the minority says... So say, you know, there's this idea of vote blue no matter who. So they'll mm. vote anyone um, besides to, to fight against mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Um, and then there's, like, Bernie or bust. So you, these people saying, I will only vote for Bernie Sanders. Everyone else is not worth me giving my vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, which is risky, which is risky with Donald Trump. But I think the Especially idea... with a voluntary electoral system. Yeah. yeah, well, I think the idea is that, you know, this is almost a protest movement to say, mm-hmm. pick Bernie or we'll fucking war, mm. which is a ballsy move. And I think both strategies are fine. I would be very frustrated if I had to had to vote for Joe Biden to, to go mm. up against Trump because I would be feeling, A, I'm wasting my vote. B, I do not support Joe Biden's policies mm-hmm. in any way. Um, so I think that is something that the DNC has to remember is that there might be a significant portion of, and it may, maybe it's only 30% of people in the Bernie kind yeah, of yeah, campaign um, who will just walk away and just like, I'm not voting. Um, which again, I very much understand they can do whatever the heck they want with their votes. Um, but I think they need to keep that in mind. I also think that the issue is, oh, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's too early to tell, but... It could be like, at the end of the day, who can beat Trump? Mm. And so you can have the DNC being like, and people being like, hey, we don't want these progressive policies. But we have had in the past Joe Biden's policies. We know they fail. 
So at the end mm. of the day, maybe it is, shit, we just have to try something new. Mm. And I know they're going for a very kind of, you know, straight white guy instead of the straight white woman. Um, but I don't know if it's just, I just don't, I'm just not sure it's enough. And maybe Bernie won't be enough either. Um, Trump, you know, taps into something very specific in the American psyche, in the American kind of mm. cultural and material realities of the their country. Um, and there's so many things he can point to. So for example, peace treaty with the Taliban. We haven't really talked about that. I've been reading up a lot about it. Mm. And um, while I, I think it's an interesting idea, and while I agree getting out of Afghanistan is a really good idea, I don't think that's why Trump did it. I think he did it so that he has a peace treaty where it's like, oh, I got US troops out of Afghanistan, yeah. you know, 19 years. Mm. Um, but you're absolutely right. These, these are the kind of things that like no... No candidate can compete with the the market that Donald Trump has tapped into. Mm. That is such a like a Donald Trump thing to have yes. been able to find this, let's say, market. Yeah. For the, for the purpose of this conversation, this this market to tap into and acquire their votes, regardless of his like kind of social or moral compass, and still maintain their support, like consistently throughout all the the dramas of his um, presidency with right. to impeachment and yeah. all the other crap that's come out and Stormy Daniels and oh, yeah. all, that, all that all that stuff that's come out. But but he still he's managed to find that market and that has been those people have been enough that no other candidate can like get in there. No other candidate can can tap into that market. Yeah. Or at least no other candidate has been able to tap into that market. Mm. But it's there's enough of them of those people out there who are, who would just not vote for any other candidate. Yeah. So he's like, he's secured such a strong base. Right. And seemingly that, that base, there are significant enough number of people in that base in the swing states that, Mm. (laughs) that he'll just keep acquiring votes. Well, at the end of the day, the election falls the same. California is probably going to go blue. Texas is probably going to go red. Yeah, 100%. And while you have, you know, Republicans in California, and actually you have lots of Democrats in Texas, places like mm. Austin especially. Because um, they flipped way back in, like, the 50s or whatever. Right. But, like, really, like, it's Florida, it's Michigan, it's it's Wisconsin, and it's Pennsylvania. Uh, is Pennsylvania? Philadelphia? Are they the same thing? Uh, I think it's Pennsylvania. Think the Isn't Philadelphia a city in Pennsylvania? Yeah, I think it And then is. you have, like, um, Ohio. So there's, like... Um, out of the 50 states, it's only... Eight that matter, I think. Yeah. Hawaii goes blue, Alaska goes red. Um, so there's only like eight states really where you can win the presidency. Mm. And you have to sort of look at those those states. Does Biden have the support in those states? I don't think he does. Mm. I think both Bernie and Trump appeal to a more protectionist economic policy. Mm. And um, obviously Bernie has his healthcare policies and he has his student debt policies, which mm-hmm. are really good for young voters and then for, for young families. Trump, of course, mm. has his military spending. He has his sort of more nationalist like rhetoric, yeah, yeah. which plays into, you know, very popular in America, obviously. Mm. So I think Trump and Bernie would be fighting for a similar base mm. of voter while Biden, the person who would vote for him, I'm not really sure who would vote for Joe Biden. Um, so I think he would have to be, I think he's forced to rely on the democratic establishment and being the Mm. Democrat against Trump to energize people to vote for him, not for his policies, but because he's not Trump. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Cause, cause conceptually the people who aren't 
as like a generalization, the Joe Biden will get the voters who aren't voting for Trump. Yeah. But he's not going to like acquire new voters who yep. are like, I support his his policy, who are actually looking at his policies and what he wants to do and what he wants to achieve yep. and all those things. He's not acquiring those new people. That the argument is that Bernie has been over the past number of years. Well, at least has the possibility to. Exactly. Um, but but even beyond that, the question is like even if we assume that in the in the um the future projection that you're anticipating Trump against Bernie is like the the best possible I guess opportunity. Yeah. Shall we say the Democrats beating Trump and Bernie does beat Trump in the end? What is the capability of Bernie to actually pass the policies that he wants? This is the because, question. Exactly, because the thing that happened with. Trump is that the Republicans were, let's put like an asterisk here and a big, you know, this is my opinion, it's okay, not reflective yeah. of anyone else, was that the the Republicans were obsessed enough to stay in power that they just went behind him right, and followed him mm. with whatever random tangents and ideas and things that he wanted to do. right, And they supported him all the way. The question is, will the Democrats, hypothetically, will the Democrats do the same thing for Bernie if he wins the presidential election? I don't know. Because if that's the case, then we could actually see, like, the United States make incredible progress. Well, the thing is, though, can Bernie even part... Like, the, the Democrats have to support... And I don't know if they will. Like like I said, Elizabeth Warren still has not come out to support Bernie, her mm. closest progressive ally for decades, closest in policy. Mm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. And, like, whether... Even if he gets in, will he... Will the Republicans maintain control of the House? What happens then with a blue presidency yeah, yeah. And, a, and a red house? Um... It's, it's a, it'll be a wild ride. But the last four years have been a wild ride. Mm, it's um, very true. Never a dull moment. And so, for example, years. the most the case we have to look at is Obama. Obama mm. ran on a very president, uh, very progressive policy in mm. two thousand and eight. But when he got elected, stacked his kind of advisory council with Wall Street execs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then two years later, in the midterm, lost thousands, literally not thousands, hundreds mm. of seats to the Republicans. Mm. So if Bernie does get in. He has to do what he's done for the last few years and not compromise. Something that American politics, you have to do, is compromise with the the other side. Mm. But Bernie just won't be able to because he'll lose seats. He'll be seen as being weak. Um, And I think he has to stick to his stated policies. Like, he talks about cancelling student debt. He needs to get that done. Otherwise, Mm. it will not only destroy his presidency, Mm. the Democratic Democratic Party, but I think Mm. it would, would destroy any social movement around progressivism in the United States for the next 20 years. Um, people will remember, we elected Bernie, but he didn't give us health care and he didn't cancel yeah. our student yeah. debt. And that's like such a ridiculous challenge to face as well because, like, as you've said, you have to compromise because the entire point of the US political system yeah. is that you compromise. <laughs> right. And while Bernie has been probably one of the only candidates that I can remember in my you know, my life in existence who has actually had that history of this is a policy that I had 20 years ago, this is the policy now, and it's yeah. substantially the same. Not saying whether that's a, a good or a bad thing, because I think that compromise and change, you know, people can change their opinions. That's mm. that's okay and good to do sometimes. But he's one of the few, if not the only candidates who has maintained that throughout history, or his history in US politics, and it's such a challenging thing to yeah, be out so of hard. possibly to the extent of an impossible thing to do once you're in that final position mm. and if his entire candidacy is built on 
not compromising, mm. and this is the policy and this is what it's going to be, then there is going to be so many challenges of yeah. being able to implement that policy. And I'm not convinced that he will be able to as much as people might want him to or as much as we would like him to or yeah. as much as the benefits could be so positive mm. for the development of the United States of America mm. like as a country and for the people. I agree. There. So yeah, fucking US politics. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Oh, hopefully everyone was able to keep up with that yeah right um, oh. on a lighter note should we have a brief just like FYI about our social medias and then we'll yeah we'll close it off there so um, the, so we're on we're yeah. on Spotify now we've we Spotify. made it for reels just search for pod space gods um, I think on Spotify or pod gods without any spaces one of the two will show us up. On... Obviously, everyone's listening to this on Spotify, so this yeah, is on, irrelevant Yeah, no, I think material. on Spotify, if you search just Podgods one word, that's how you get it. Mm, but we have a space. Podgods cast. Oh, Podgods cast, sorry. Um, but we also now have a uh, Twitter and an Instagram. An Instagram, which is going to get some great material. Right. So on Instagram, if you search... Uh, Podgods cast. Yep, or the Podgods podcast or something along those lines. Yeah, or if you're following uh, me or Jordan... Yes. <laughs> uh, if you're you one of the find few people... <laughs> well, is your account locked? Is my account locked? My account's on private. But yeah, it's not uh, private, sorry. Right, so it'd be one of the few people... Yeah, but so follow us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. We'll put up our stuff. We're thinking of putting up polls what we can discuss about some interesting yeah, we'll photos get some, we'll get some those listener. keen to see Anthony's breakfasts yeah yeah we'll have a lot that. of breakfast breakfast photos um and then we also have a Twitter yeah so if anyone actually uses Twitter maybe I'm the only person who still uses Twitter well that's okay we can interact well you can interact with us via Twitter which is at pod underscore gods it is pod underscore which is gods. quite cool I actually like the underscore I think it's good so those those are our social medias, which we've freshly freshly created as of recording, and it looks like we're actually making go of this. It which is. is very exciting. We've had like multiple hundreds of listeners for the podcast. Um, we have, lots of downloads, lot mm. mostly in Australia, but also to like some mm. foreign listeners. Um, yeah, we haven't had China yet, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get in. Great yeah. firewall can't stop us forever. <laughs> Yeah, oh, look, well, once once we get sponsored by the uh, One Belt, One Road initiative, yes, like, that's you, right. uh, like, like you wanted earlier, then that'll, that'll really bring us bring us into that audience. And, and maybe we can provide a, a ray of hope from those suffering from uh, coronavirus and a lack of toilet paper. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. Across so, uh, the world. Across the world, you know, like united across the world. Hands across America, Indeed. but it's toilet paper across Australia. Fucking right. That's right. Beautiful. On that note, thank you for listening. Thanks again. We'll see you in episode eight. Episode eight. That's how numbers work. It is. (laughs)